Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't think we need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 charger. <laughs> How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safely. Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> you know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. Yeah. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to I remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. Do you remember a couple of uh, weeks ago, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Oh, sorry, by the way, this is Mel Hubbard on a talking Tesla tweener. We talked to a guy called Barry Cinnamon. Barry is the CEO of Cinnamon Solar and previously founded Akina slash Westinghouse Solar. He's been doing this stuff for a long time and we talked to him about batteries. Now I want to talk to him about this thing that I keep hearing about all the time, which is this new solar, which is called Perkaskutuskaita. We'll get him to pronounce it because I can't pronounce it. Now, I was actually going to put in here a big thing about the new truck that Tom and Robert went to, they went to the meeting, but they recorded a whole bunch of stuff, hours of stuff, and I just don't have time to edit it. It's too much. So instead, on the next Talking Tesla episode, I'm going to get them to summarize all of that stuff. And in the meantime, let's do something digestible. Let's talk to Barry about this new perk, 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 whatever it's called. People have been asking me about this for about five or six years. I never heard it, but I think you pronounce it perovskite. It sounds like a, like a, a, a Polish potato blintz or something. But um, they're still in the lab, and there's no doubt in my – well, there's a doubt. But it, it usually takes five to ten years for something to come out of the lab to get into commercial production and then years after that. So great potential. I'm glad we're working on it. But you know, by the time – Major companies are shipping solar panels that are using this kind of new cell that might have higher efficiency. Um, it's going to take a long time. And there's two really good things about conventional silicon technology. First, it's really reliable. Like you said, those Kyocera panels that you had 15 years ago, they're still 80% of their original rated output. And the second is the manufacturing scale for solar panels has gotten to be so enormous that the price has come way, way down. So any new technology has to be really, really cheap silicon panels. And uh, you know, eventually there'll be new changes. But I just recommend to our customers, hey, you can, you can wait a few years. You can wait five more years for the latest and greatest, more efficient technology. But that, you know, you're going to spend $2,000 more on electricity every year, and that's going to cost you ten grand. So why don't you put solar in now, and then maybe in 10 years you upgrade your system? Yeah, so it's a little frustrating, right? If you're like me and Rob and Tom, and I think many of you are, you're always looking at this technology, and here's a new battery technology, and here's solid-state lithium, and here's a new solar thing that's going to be 17,000 times more efficient. And I just read one about nanotechnology and graphene having solar panels with 90% efficiency. And then you've got to take a big breath and realize, yeah, that's in the lab. Some student at MIT doing his PhD thesis did this thing, which is absolutely not scalable, so get back to me when I can go down the street and I can buy it, and it's not $10,000 trillion per panel that nobody can afford for another 20 years after that. But solar panels have come down in price an enormous amount, so how low can we go, Barry? How low can we go? 
Well, you, Mel, you're right about the cost trend. I mean, in 2001, it was running about $10 a watt. So a 6,000 watt system would cost 60 grand. And then I remember, you know, maybe six or seven years ago, it was $5 a watt. Now, for, you know, a high quality system using LG or SunPower, it's probably around three and a half dollars a watt. And then the, the question is, all right, break down what, what's creating all those costs. Is it the so expensive solar panels? Is it the inverter? Is it the wiring? Is it the racking? Guess what? Even if the solar panels and the inverters were free, zero cost, you'd still be looking at installed prices around two and a half dollars a watt. And the reason is there's just a heck of a lot of selling work, engineering work, design work, permitting, hassles with the utility and everything else. And we call those soft costs in the industry. But that's where the biggest costs are. And the utilities uh, are, are trying to make those costs higher because they're trying to make solar less competitive. Meanwhile, the whole industry is trying to make it cheaper. So that's a long way of saying we need a revolutionary change in kind of the paperwork and the, the overhead to put in solar as opposed to reducing the cost. And it, you know, it's just like if you were going to build a deck on the back of your house, you, know, you can go to Home Depot and you can buy all the two by fours you need for $200. But by the time you hire a contractor, it's still going to cost you five grand for that deck. So I'd always wondered, and now I've got a number, I've got a number from an expert, we will take it as gospel for now, that even if the solar panels themselves were free, it would still cost you about $2.50 per watt installed which is pretty dang cheap, let me tell you. But it's still money up front. It's still cash up front, but boy, way better than it was. I just had a system replaced, so I took up an old system and gave it to a non-profit that gives it to low-income families. And I put on a new system, and it was about 4 bucks per watt installed. I got the best panels I could get. Well, almost the best. I got 360 watts per panel. There was a 370-watt version, but it was way more expensive and just not uh, cost-effective. But the panels that I put on, actually, Barry's company, I didn't realize, Akina, put mine on about 15 years ago, and they were 150-watt panels. So I have more than doubled the amount of energy I can get out of that roof. And the reason I did that is because since I first put them in, I've got an electric car, two electric cars. We are a three electric car family. And uh, that sucks a lot of energy. And I actually have a number of systems on the house. So I just replaced one of them because that was the oldest and the least efficient. And the other ones I'll still keep using you know, what we've got for another 10 years. And then maybe one of these new marvelous technologies will come along and it'll make the 360 watt per panel look stupid. And it will be a thousand watts per panel. But I'm not going to hold my breath. What I'm way more interested in now is actually energy storage, like a lot of people. I really want my Tesla battery, but it turns out I'm not going to get my Tesla battery for a while because, as you know, they've been really behind. All of those cells have been going into Model 3, and I got the note, and Tom got the note, and I think uh, Robert got the note, that your power wall that you've been waiting to get installed, that's not going to happen for six months. That was about four or five months ago. So I'm ready to start bugging them early in the new year. Okay, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Can I get my power wall? Because it turns out, and I'll give you a sort of a case example, here at the studio, we make more than the energy we need to run the entire studio. So let's say it's about 50 kilowatt hours a day. We make significantly more than that with our panels most days. And in the summer, way more than that. But because of the way the utility works, although I make 50 and I use 50, I'm using that 50 at a time which is more expensive. So... I don't have a zero bill. 
I'm making energy mostly in the middle of the day because the sun's out and the utility kind of gives you credit for that, but at a low level, let's say 10 cents per kilowatt hour. But when you use energy in the evening, when you've got all the lights on and the air conditioning or the heater on and it's peak time, then they say, okay, well, you're going to have to pay us 25 cents per kilowatt hour for that energy. Thank you very much because everybody else wants it. So it's sort of uh, by demand. So if I could get myself a battery and I could fill up that battery or batteries during the day with all the excess energy that I create, then I could use that energy at night when we're using most of uh, the electricity at the studio and at the house. And that way I could actually pay off that battery pretty quickly because the utilities, well, they're in that situation where they want to charge you because you're using it at a high rate, at a high time, But they've now created this new incentive for people to go out and get their own storage and make their own because that delta between what you can get with a battery in a solar system and what the utility charges has become so far that you can pay off in a lot of cases that battery in as little as like three or four years in some cases, depending on the charges of that utility. So I want me some Powerwall. I want me some Powerwall now. And then, of course, is to say nothing about the fact that it's great backup. If the grid goes down, you can be completely off-grid for a time. And if you've got a big system, you could be completely off-grid forever, in theory. And also, because a lot of us are frustrated by sort of the current uh, political climate, we want to be zero carbon. Us people want to be zero carbon. So if there isn't the political will to do it, and you have the capacity to do it, if you live in a place where potentially you could do it, if you've got the cash to do it, then you really want to do it. I mean, I would like to be zero carbon for everything, for my home, for my family, for the cars, for the studio, for the entire business, for Talking Tesla, for everybody. So I want to push that forward. I consider the most important thing that we can do for the planet is to get to zero carbon. So if the utility won't do it, I want to do it. So thanks again uh, to Barry. He's got that podcast. Go check it out, The Energy Show. It's really, really good. I learned so much from him. And uh, we'll try and get him back on the show soon. This was a Talking Tesla tweener main show for the Patreons coming up. And we are going to video record it in the studio on, I believe, it is December 15th. So we'll speak at you then. Herb it out. Okay. All right. Thanks, Mel. Bye.